Hi, friend. How are you? Um, so last week we had the wonderful Jai with us talking to us about vulnerability and honesty, and I hope you really enjoyed that because I enjoyed listening to it. And yeah, just talking to Jai because he's such a great guy. Ha! <laughs> I just rhymed. I uh, I have been well. I've just been trying to juggle both uni, work, and starting a podcast in the middle of a pandemic, and trying to figure out what to say, how to say it. And but it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of learning curves and a lot of growth, which has been epic. Today I don't have a plan, which is quite rare for me because. Every single time I record or do anything creative without a plan, there's always like this voice at the back of my head being like, oh, you're saying um too much. Like you really suck at this. No one really wants to listen to you. And oh, those wonderful, well, not really wonderful, quite awful criticisms that we tell ourselves. So not having a plan for me is like a, I guess like a massive like, middle finger to my inner critic and being like you know what I can like during this like I can talk to myself to the audience by myself anyway um today what I kind of want to do is have like a get to know me session um so the thing that's going through my mind is the irrational things that I despise. So I really, really hate daffodils. Like I think they are the most vile flowers on the entire planet. And I have a story as to why I hate them, right? So picture this, the first time I was at uni. So I, I, I'm currently going to Monash Uni studying to become a nurse. Um, but back in the day, like five years ago, I was at Odago in Dunedin, which is in New Zealand, amazing place. And it was springtime. And, um, you know, that moment in spring, like a warm spring day and the wind is just blowing and it's just like a warm breeze and everything is just beautiful. Like everything is just sparkly. Everything is amazing. That's, that was that spring day. And I look to the ground and then there's just these beautiful yellow flowers on the ground and I was like man they're so pretty and I picked them up and I smelt them and I nearly vomited in the back of my mouth like they were vile and atrocious and I just completely started hating daffodils from that moment on and then I told my friends that I, this story, hoping to gather sympathy, and they just laughed at me. And then they started giving me daffodils because they thought, like, I was joking. But one of my friends gave me a daffodil, and I literally was like, I can't accept this. I will put it in the bin because I hate them so much. Um, and one of my best friends, Christy, she was sitting next to me. She ended up taking the flower and putting it in her hair on the other side of me because I could still smell it and I told her to put it on the other side of her ear because I'm that dramatic and I despise daffodils like that. Um, I told that story because I found another thing that I 
also equally despise, irrationally despise, I should say, the phrase, he stole my heart, said in a very romantic tone, and I personally, every single time I hear it, want bath. I'm like, why would you say that? And the reason why I despise that phrase is because I just don't think love is passive on the female or feminine's end, nor do I think that love is violent on the masculine or the men's end. Like, I just, I think love is this active, dynamic choice that occurs between two people who freely, willingly, and knowingly choose one another and say, hey, you are absolutely batshit crazy and utterly broken, but you're my person and I'm going to choose to walk through with you through everything and I want to be with you. And I just, I just think that's a beautiful choice to see love as this amazing choice. And does the other person exhibit behaviors or does he, do they, does he have character that you're like, man, like that's amazing. Is he like so damn fine that you're like, oh my goodness, I want to have your children. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I can. I can definitely attest to that with my partner, but at the end of the day, it's still a choice. It's still my choice. I'm the one who says, hey, babe, I choose to open up my heart. I choose to open up the layers of my soul. I choose to say I love you to him, and that's why I despise the phrase he stole my heart because it's it's like I don't know it's just like the girl's like oh I did nothing and he just did all the work and I, I don't know I'm maybe I'm just yeah like I think in my head the phrase he stole my heart cheapens the very act of what love is I think that love is stunning that love is beautiful and to live a life that or to say a phrase that makes it seem like it's cheap, that it's not worth anything, is just despicable in my head. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's my rant for the day. Um. So in thinking about that and processing that, I so just being completely candid. Um, I think a lot and because I'm quite highly cerebral, um, is that the right word? Cerebral. I tend to like doubt myself and think like, oh man, should I have done that better or easier or just, just tend to overthink. And just even now, like my shoulders are all hunched up to my ears and it's like hurting me. So I've been learning how to take deep breaths, um, and just relax one and just have like, I guess an affirmation or a phrase of like, if something is worth doing, um, it's worth doing imperfectly 
as I get better at it because I have perfectionistic tendencies and I'm like, oh, I, I want something to be a great one take and, and that's it. And I've slowly come to realize that podcasting is, is not at all because I just lost my train of thought just before and I had to stop and be like, wait, what? What, what just happened? Like, where was I? Um, so yeah, by the, I just really like freestyling and figuring out what that is. But in terms of going back to that point of like the phrase that I hate of like, you stole my heart. I, I don't like being passive. (laughs) I don't like being a passenger, like being in the passenger seat of my own life. I like to go and take action and make something happen and just, just go and do it. Um, even if it's imperfect. And then because I just jump right into it, when my brain catches up and it's like, Hey, like, what are you doing? I, I, I just, I just lose the plot. Maybe I should have like a lobotomy or something. Okay. That's a bit, that's a bit excessive and dramatic, but I just wanted to reiterate that love is a choice. And I wanted to talk about the fact that the reason why Jesus hung on that cross was because of the choice that he made. It wasn't because of something that we said or that we did, you know, like we didn't scream out from earth and say like, oh, Jesus, come and save us. We we really didn't care. But Jesus chose to come and sit among us and listen to our stories and um, taste the food we eat, breathe the air that he made and be one with us and he willingly gave himself for us and that's just something that my brain actually can't understand nor comprehend um right now i'm currently staring at a cross that i got about uh two, three years ago, and it's the scene, it's depicting a scene of Jesus when he was nailed on the cross, which is like a typical, like, Catholic cross, and I quite like some, um, Catholic, what's the word? It's not memorabilia, but, like, that's the word that's coming to my mind, but I like the the Catholic stuff. Um, I find it to be quite beautiful and artistic and deeply creative. And it just speaks to me on another level to see depictions of Jesus, like on that cross. Um, cause it provokes me to think, it provokes me to feel and say, what drove him to stay on the cross? Because he could have come down. Like very easily. He was and still is the king of the world and he's God. He could have been like, you know, I'm, I'm real tired of hanging up here. Like I'm going through like 
hemorrhagic shock right now. Like this is really hard to breathe because there's no blood in my lungs. I'm I'm just gonna tap out right now. But he didn't. He he stayed on that cross and he died on that cross for the sake of love. And I and I just think that's a really big deal. And he stayed there because he chose to and he chose to love humanity, he chose to love me. And it's, yeah, it's just amazing. There's no other word for it. Like this amazing love that we never stop actually experiencing the love of God. He never stops searching for us. He never stops seeking us. And he never stops surprising us with his goodness. Like last night at work, my work colleague, like, just randomly gave me a piece of chocolate, like just just randomly because she's great like that. And in that moment, it just kind of felt like God winking at me and being like, hey, it's going to be okay. I want to share a passage that is from Hosea, the book of Hosea, who is a minor prophet. One of my ultimate favorite books in the Bible and this passage just speaks to me in, I, I can't even describe just how much this passage that just heals my soul and speaks to my soul because I'm the kind of person who, I could be in a room with people who love me and I, and I cognitively know that they love me, but in my heart I'm like, they they don't really like me. They they just they're just doing this because like they have to. They don't really want to be here. And I don't know where that thought came from. It's just it's just kinda always been at the back of my mind and it's always kind of discolored what, um, it's kind of been the lens that I view the Bible through instead of letting the Bible be the lens that I view things from. I've always thought like, man, like I'm not, I'm not really that great, not really that important. And I'm not trying to make myself out into this like sob story victim mindset because I despise that. Um, I'm, I'm just being honest and vulnerable about what goes on in my brain 60% of the time. And so this verse, this passage in Hosea of God speaking and calling Israel metaphorically and calling um his people back to himself like it just it just restores my soul and it's like man like god god speaks all the time god longs to heal us god longs to know us god longs um, to heal us and to redeem us and to, um, 
encourage us, which means to put strength in us and to make us vessels for his glory so that we shine with a light that will attract others that others would be like, man, like, why, why are you so bright? And then you'd be like, it's Jesus, boo. And taking a shower. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, when things get really serious, I have to use humor to like de-intensify moments. And that was a very serious moment for me because I was about to cry. <clears throat> Anyway, I, I'm going to read this passage before I like go on another tangent and ruin the moment. But this is from Hosea 2, verse 14 to 23, from the NIV. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards, and I'll make the valley of Ankara a door of hope. There she will respond, as in the days of her youth, as in the days she came out of Egypt. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the vows from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day, I will make a covenant for them, with the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the creatures that move along the ground. Bow and sword and battle I will abolish from the land, so that all may lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me, I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord. In that day I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth, and the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, and they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called, not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. I guess, for me, the whole point of this freestyle was to say that God loves you. God seeks you out. God longs to know you. And he wants to heal you. He wants to be with you because he chooses to. Um, not because of anything that you've done or didn't do, say or didn't say, um, but because he just chooses to. Because he he doesn't know anything else but to love. And it's not a love that doesn't know you or doesn't see you, he he knows, he, you know, all the shadows that you keep inside, he knows, um, all those, like, dark thoughts that you have, all those things that you never want another person to know, he knows, and he still says, I choose you, I'll step into the darkness, 
and be your light. I will guide you back home to myself. And that is that's the power of the gospel, and that and that is the story I choose to tell myself. <laughs> that sounded really scripted, but I didn't have one. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>